Hey guys, welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast. Topics on youth fitness with a focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin Family, the developers of the Brand X Method, and the Athlete Coach Network. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network, a new connection-based training platform that breaks down regional barriers and connects coaches and athletes anytime, anywhere. You're an athlete and love to push yourself. Who's guiding you? As an athlete, you can filter and search our library to find the perfect coach or sign up for a membership to get video feedback and comments from our coaches all over the world. As a coach, you can set up your profile and advertise your credentials, set your own price for video reviews or direct messaging to ensure your rates reflects the value of your time. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network, and welcome to the future of sports coaching. Today we get to welcome Connor Martin to the Youth Fitness Podcast. Connor has a deep background in the functional fitness world. He has been called the original CrossFit kid, starting CrossFit at just 11 years old. Having competed in the 2007 CrossFit Games at age 15, and again in 2008 at age 16, he went on to compete as an individual and team competitor at the regional level. Connor became the youngest person to work on the CrossFit Level 1 staff and worked 150 seminars as an L1, L2, or CrossFit Kids staff member. He also judged at the regionals, CrossFit Games, and Team Gauntlet events. Connor's worked as a senior coach at several gyms and has programmed for and helped run functional fitness competitions such as TMIC, the Team Gauntlet, and the Team Fitness League. He owns Compete Elite, a functional fitness and sports performance company where he has coached 14 athletes to the qualifiers or games in the last six years. Connor is the co-author of Eat, Sleep, Move, Breathe, the director of community for the Brandix Method, and founder of the Athlete Coach Network. And to be perfectly transparent, he's also our son. So welcome, Connor. Let's get to it. Hey, Connor, welcome back. We have another U18 with the Youth Fitness Podcast, and we're going to continue our discussion on fitness competition with youth. Yeah, I'm excited to to continue that that conversation. I think there's there's so many areas that we can kind of dig into. I'm excited to talk about it. We were just before we we hopped on, we're we're talking a little bit about how it differs from adult competition. Can you kind of start us out with some thoughts on that? Yeah. So you know, we were talking about this actually earlier this week and and a little bit today as well. The big hole and gap that I see right now in functional fitness competitions is that there's not as much opportunity for teenagers to compete and teenagers to compete at multiple levels. So the sport of CrossFit and the sport of functional fitness is not necessarily drawing in athlete like other sports and other opportunities that teenagers have to compete. And I'll give you a quick example is like my wife was competing in the the fittest experience this weekend and they have this online qualifier. And this is a very common format. I'm just using them as a, as an example for individuals, they have four opportunities or four different divisions where you could qualify, right? You have a pro division where you have 15 spots available. And then underneath the pro division, you have another 70 spots available for RX. And then you have an intermediate category where there's 70 spots available. And then there's also 70 spots available for scaled. Contrast that with the teenage categories that they have. They have a 14 and 15 division where they have five spots available. And then the 16 and 17 division where there's also five spots available. If you just take the teenage categories as a whole, 
you're only talking about 10 athletes who are going to get the opportunity to compete at the final competition. And what I'm seeing is that in a general trend is that competitions, because there hasn't been the market in the past, has provided a limited opportunity to actually compete at the the live competition, which has discouraged a lot of athletes that aren't at the very, very pinnacle, you know, or at the CrossFit Games level in actually competing because because to them it's it's no end, right? They could be very good and they could be at the kind of intermediate level and there's no chance of them qualifying for one of these live competitions. So instead of competing, they choose to compete in something something else where there is an opportunity where they can actually compete live. So I think there's a there's a big space there for somebody to fill or for the sport to to fill over time. I I agree. If you, if you think about if a kid picks, you know, I want to wrestle, how many competitions can he go to every weekend if they want to, or bite baseball or hockey or just literally anything, gymnastics, there are probably hundreds, maybe thousands going on constantly. And so it is a limited pool, with the, which does change motivation and, and so forth. Well, I think when we ran the gauntlets and we ran Team Fitness League, we provided different divisions for different age groups. So you, know, you have a 16, 17 division and you have you know, the, the scaled 16, 17 division as well. But I think there's room there to do an even better than that and to cast a wider net for kids for kids to compete in the arena. That kind of begs the question when we say, when we're talking about kids' competitions, what is it that we're thinking is, you know, what ages are we talking about and what's appropriate when? Yeah, so so I think when it becomes appropriate to move under load is really when it becomes appropriate to compete in the sport of functional training. And when I mean load, I don't mean two-pound dumbbells or three-pound dumbbells. the age of probably 12 is probably the earliest that I would I would say is is appropriate for functional training competition. And then I also think we should expand the mindset of you know what a, a teen athlete is all the way to that 19 year old as well, because there's a another missed opportunity where you talk about 18 and 19 year old young men who are not fully developed. You know, if you look at all the kind of developmental research and even just the best athletes in any sport outside of CrossFit, males don't hit their physical prime until they're 23 or 24, but they also don't hit full development until they're 23 or 24 as far as their physical physique. So you're talking about when an athlete moves on from the 17-year-old division, uh, how demotivational is it for them to have been the top in the world at this to now it's hey, there's probably four more years until you can qualify for that competition again. And we're missing this, this opportunity to also include 18 and 19-year-olds, specifically men, because women sometimes mature physically faster than men. And we see some 16, 17-year-old women being able to make the transition into that individual women's category smoother than the men. That said, I sure believe that there's also a market for 18 and 19 year old young women doing functional training competitions as well, who aren't, again, that top 2% or top 1% of 
of those athletes that can make that transition. You can think of that as like collegiate level, right? Right. But the but also if you look at other parallel type organizations, say like you know powerlifting or weightlifting, you know you have you know a young kids division, you have a teen division, you have a you know a youth division, you know, a juniors division, and they cover from you know really young ages, you know eight or nine years old, all the way up to that 19, 20, 20, 21 year old age bracket, which, and then would bring me, bring up for me, I would, I would throw out and go, I think we should be going the other way as well. We should be going down with the, with the ages and uh, avoiding the things where we, that we find problematic, which what we argue, argued about really well, almost 10 years ago when we're talking about uh, really young kids in these uh, fitness competitions, we could easily build a fitness competition for kids um, a functional fitness competition with kids that did things like burpees, bear crawls, and you know shuttle runs, box jump up, box hurdles, box or, hurdles, yeah. have obstacle courses and things like that that um, would excite kids about being involved in these things without doing you know having a nine year old or eight year old doing power cleans for time. Mm-hmm. That, that is uh, a distractible little, yeah. little person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a structure around that. And provide a platform for these kids to 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 go to the gym, find joy and in, in, in being physical and being physically fit, and then on a weekend coming and doing you know uh, two or three events at, at a competition, and having them be part of that feeling of like stepping out on, on the field and doing this. I think, you know, easy. Yeah. To, There's easy room to, for that if well done. Right. Yep. And I think it. And I think if if done right and done well, what that does is it creates the next generation of athletes participating in the, in the sport. Right. And, and if you do that correctly over a long period of time, then what happens is, you know, 10 young ones becomes a hundred and becomes a thousand becomes, you know, and then all of a sudden you have a massive sport, right. And, and you can even see this too, with, you know, early on in the CrossFit games. And I, Still think that at the the CrossFit Games they've they've marginalized this group, which is the 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 masters athlete and the the masters athletes for the longest time only had the same people competing over and over and over and over because they only allowed again in all of the competitions ten athletes to make it to the finals. So for the longest time you didn't have any masters athletes competing outside of the top twenty or thirty worldwide. And they were all. And they were all the same because they always required snatches and double unders. So <laughs> other people couldn't again. <laughs> um, yeah. But now you see things like Masters Fitness Collective. You see the Masters Legends competition that has had some regional events, some live competitions that include an RX and a scaled Masters category, some team Masters opportunities as well. And all of a sudden, you saw last year the masters community 35 and older was 52% of the open population so all of a sudden the masters community is the largest community versus the individuals which has always been the largest community of functional fitness so it's an interesting statistic when you look at okay we've just opened we've opened more opportunities so now more people think oh well i can do this or i can try it and i think that's 
we just we haven't had that leading team competition or series of team competitions that have been able to do that. I know that we did we did that in a lot of live competitions. But I think at the time when we did it, we didn't also have the same amount of people participating in the sport. Right? There wasn't 440,000. There was maybe 50,000. And now we're at 440,000. So the, the eyes that we can get on competitions like that is much larger. Um, and I think I think we have an opportunity to run something pretty cool. We do see in the IF3 that Brand X is connected to all all of the countries do participate or want to participate in having youth competitions. But as you're saying, there's, it's a it's a smaller number, and so it's it's a, a less motivating than we want it to be for young kids who want to be on that path. Um, yep. our, our spin as Brand X was always safety of the athletes and be having an awareness that they are developing mm-hmm. people, that they're not finished yet. And I think it gets hard under competitive stresses for people to remember that and act appropriately in all the logistical ways that they need to, to do it right. One, one thing I wanted to add to though, that has changed in the past two years, I think, and this is something that, um, is a unique opportunity that we have now that we didn't have two years ago or we didn't have three years ago is the updating of the NCAA rules for athletes, right? So there was also always this fear because it wasn't a a sport you could go to college doing that because an athlete participated in a functional training thing and they earned some prizes that they would somehow now be ineligible for NCAA scholarships. Right. And now with the new NIL rules, the name, image, and likeness rules, actually, you could potentially put up prize money for a teenager. They could win the prize money and it has no effect on their NCAA eligibility, which is a huge, huge win, I think, outside of functional training for athletes in general. Right. The NCAA for years was profiting out the wazoo off of college athletes who made zero dollars on on their their sport. But I also think it opens the world up to us in order to be able to say, hey, maybe we have a prize purse for this competition and a teenager can win it. And that's something that motivates more people to compete where before there was never that availability for teenagers. Absolutely. I think too, the idea going back to what like you were saying earlier about in and what you were saying about kind of growing the sport from, from, from the youth side. For me, one of the things I've always thought of is that as a youth trainer, I want to do, I want to train my kids right. I want them to come out of this thing. I want them to have longevity. I always said to my to my own kids, not gonna not gonna be happy really until I see you guys competing as masters, which I know you just sent an email to your brother and said, hey, this could be his masters next, <laughs> next year. So I'm so finally happy, by the way. The, the, <laughs> That yeah. makes me happy. But the idea, you know, often in youth sport, outside of the functional fitness thing, is, you know, you you're, get your child involved in a sport. They do, let's say, baseball when they're young, they're eight, nine years old. We're moving toward them competing in high school. At the very best, they compete in high school and they go to college. And maybe they, maybe, uh, you know, that 0.000, you know, 1% end up as a pro. And then after that, all of them, Baseball's done. Mm-hmm. Fitness, you know, that's the rest of your life. And if you do it right, there's a love for this, and there's a love to, to compete as a as a master's athlete. So you can have a kid come in 
and maybe they you know compete at the really young events where you know they're doing obstacle course at eight or nine years old, and then in 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 high school they get to compete at local competitions and maybe even at, a, at, at higher levels, but they don't quite make the games, and they're not quite good enough to make the games when they're you know when they're in their mid twenties, mid and early thirties, and then suddenly. They're continuing to work out. They're continuing to do these things, and suddenly, you know, we have the masters competitions, and we we can see them kind of maybe leaving the competition scene, but then kind of going like, "Hey, you know, that looks fun," and coming back in a decade later and having the ability, mm-hmm. and structure to do that. So, I'm hoping number one that people you know, can use this opportunity to encourage kids to be fit and find these competitions and do that, and number two that they train them correctly. So they continue to love this and then can look at it not just as a sport that ends be at the, you know, when they get into college years or the early 20s, but something that they can continue to jump in and out of as, you know, as they reach the master's years. Giving them a longer trajectory right. really, is what the goal right. is, right? That yeah. allows for a lengthy career, either and I, just in fitness or in competing. I, I, I believe that that's the draw for a lot of the masters community as well as like, wow, I, I missed competing in something. I missed having that, that drive competitive drive or, you know, a lot of the, you see a lot of the masters athletes that are in Frosta now or former college or former high school, you know, XYZ athlete, Um, you know, and, and, and I think it's cool that now there's this like on ramp, where a kid could, like you said, could start at, you know, let's say they start doing fun competitions, functional movement competitions at nine or eight, you know, and all of a sudden by the time they're 45, they're, they're still competing in a version of what they did as a child, you know, uh, that's super cool. We're, we're getting close to our 18 minutes, which I can't believe that happens so quickly. I know. Do you have something? I was going to say, I hope we have you back on soon. I'd like to talk about like competition structure, what competition should look like for kids? Is it different than, than adults? And and then how can we use that competition structure to maybe draw in other sports? So like how can we draw in football players to the functional fitness thing? Or how can we draw in soccer players? Well, we have, think outside the box. Yeah. Connor, is there any any competitions coming up that compete elite or team fitness league might be considering on the short term? Yeah, so so we're we're thinking about putting together some competitions to serve this this community. I think we have have some of that stuff to to still work through, but but we're going to we're gonna we're gonna figure out a way to to make this more inclusive for more athletes. And we're going to see some some growth in the team market with com- competing, but also just with, I think this will also affect CrossFit affiliates, BrainX Method training centers, and all functional training facilities. Because as you said, team competition is a massive and it's massively underserved within the functional training community and underrepresented. And I, I think it, having a really visible competition season for teenagers will only drive growth for the competition, but also for all of the gyms. I think it will be beneficial for everyone. Agreed. And thank you so much for coming back on. And as uh, dad just said, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to need to do a third one because yep. we have some other content and 18 minutes is a little is short for that. So we look forward awesome. to having another time and thank you for your, all of your good thoughts. 
Youth need great coaches now more than ever. Brand X has dedicated themselves to doing what is best for kids for over two decades and now offers mentoring, education, programming, and resources in one smart package to empower coaches to efficiently deliver world-class youth programs. Check out their plug and play options and join the Brand X family today. You plus Brand X equals youth program success. That was the Youth Fitness Podcast, topics on youth fitness with focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin family, the developers of the Brand X Method and the Athlete Coach Network. We hope you guys enjoyed that episode and you listen for more.